Our reading this morning is from Galatians chapter 5, beginning of verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus, to Christ Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. Is that okay? Can you hear me? Excellent. And good morning if you are joining us online. Let's pray as we start. Father, we thank you for your word that we've just heard. And as we explore it together, I pray that uh, you would enlighten our minds and open our hearts and draw us closer to you. Amen. Here's a question for you to ponder. What do tomatoes, strawberries, blueberries and green beans all have in common, apart from the obvious fact that they're all fruits or vegetables? Come back to that question in a few minutes. As you'll know if you've been in church or watching online over the last few weeks, we're following a series on the Holy Spirit. Last week, Kia spoke about the gifts of the Spirit, and today, as, uh, as you've just heard, um, we are going to be looking at what's known as the fruits of the Spirit, this wonderful list of attributes um, that we heard towards the end of today's passage. And I wonder if that list of attributes or maybe one of them in particular, makes you think of anyone. Before we dive in, let's just take a a quick step back and look at the context um, of this passage. These verses come towards the end of Paul's letter to the Galatians. Paul had planted a number of churches in the Roman province of Galatia, and lots of people there had put their faith in Christ. But now Paul's heard that these new Christ followers are being led back into a belief that they still have to follow all the Jewish laws and they're being led away from their reliance on Christ. And Paul's upset by this and he's written to these churches to say, no, keeping rules is not how you're going to be made right with God. He reminds them that in Christ they have freedom 
from the law, but that what they and we do with that freedom is important. And in today's passage, he contrasts two possible ways of living. We have a choice about which path we pursue. Either we can use our freedom, as Paul describes it, to gratify the desires of the flesh. And we heard the kinds of actions that that leads to, actions that dehumanise, that destroy relationships, and ultimately that lead us away from God. Or we can choose to use our freedom in a different way. We can choose to be led by the Spirit. And in the second part of today's passage, we read of the very different qualities of love, joy, peace, patience, and so on, that will result if we choose that path. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Who wouldn't want to be someone who embodies those characteristics? What does that look like in practice? Well, firstly, notice that Paul distinguishes between the acts or works of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit. A fruit is the product of growth. The qualities that Paul lists aren't things that we can do or bring about simply by trying really hard. For one thing, we just couldn't keep it up for very long, especially on a bad day. Not only that, but if you suspect that someone who's being kind to you is having to try really hard to do so, the kindness itself sort of loses its flavour. Anyone who's parented or or been around young children knows the experience of trying to get a child to be nice to a sibling or say sorry to a friend. And of course it's important that children do learn to do those things, even if they don't always want to. But a grudging, sorry, doesn't really feel so meaningful when you know it's not a, a true outworking of what's inside. The fruits that Paul is talking about come about through the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in us. When we choose to keep in step with the Spirit, this is the kind of person we naturally become. These characteristics begin to happen in us and flow out of us naturally. Paul says in another of his letters, in his letter to the Philippians, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is God's work in us through his Spirit. God is invested in making us more like Christ through the work of his Spirit in us. But growing these fruits of the Spirit, these qualities of of Christ-likeness, still takes time, care and intention on our part. Which brings me back to my earlier question. What do tomatoes, strawberries, blueberries and green beans all have in common? What they all have in common is they're all fruits or veg that I tried and failed to grow in my garden last year. (laughs) Unfortunately, as my family will tell you, growing fruit is not an area of strength for me, which is good news for Phil because it means I buy my fruit and veg from him. I know and understand the steps involved in growing fruit and veg. I love the idea of doing it. And every year at about this time, I get a bit excited and I go off to knock cuts and I buy some seedlings and I dust off the propagator, and I get planting. And for a week or two, I'm really attentive to my plants. I water them, I look after them, I make sure they get enough sunlight. And then, well, sort of forget. The novelty wears off, and I get distracted with other things. 
and more often than not, they don't grow, and it's all a bit disappointing. And just like with real fruit, growing the fruits of the Spirit in our lives isn't automatic. It takes time, it takes care, and it takes intention. We have to take some responsibility in partnership with the Holy Spirit for our own growth. It isn't always very exciting, and it's fundamentally at odds with how our culture tends to work, with its promises of instant results and instant success. Although having said that, as a brief aside, even from a worldly point of view, we know the value of working hard at things, don't we? And sometimes the best things in life don't come easy. I was listening to a a podcast the other day, uh, not a Christian one, and it was just one that I I happened upon. But partly because I was thinking about these verses, and some of it really struck me. One thing the podcaster said was this. We all want it now. We want it immediately. We want to be the best version of ourselves tomorrow. We want to fix everything overnight, and it just doesn't work that way. And even if you were given the opportunity to snap your fingers and become the person you always wanted to become, you're robbing yourself of something valuable about that transformation, which is the journey to get there. Every success I've had in my life has been hard-fought and has been a process of a lot of behind-the-scenes work undertaken consistently and often anonymously. You move mountains over a very long period of time. Going back to the fruits of the Spirit that we read about in this passage, I asked earlier if any of them make you think of anyone, or perhaps a number of people, who for you seem to really embody and exemplify those characteristics. I can think of a few people. And without exception, they're people who develop these qualities over many, many years. There are no shortcuts. That's hard, but it's also exciting. We're not yet who God created us to be. But by God's grace, we're not who we used to be. So what do we need to do to enable this work of the Spirit to happen in our lives? Paul says in verse 24 of the passage we looked at today, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. As we know, crucifixion was the most brutal form of execution. But Paul says that's what we need to do with the desires that we have that aren't in line with God's will for us. That's because every time we indulge the desires of our sinful selves, we feed that part of us. And it takes a bit more control over our freedom. How do we crucify our flesh? Not by willpower, but by keeping in step with the Spirit. And how do we do that? I've got three suggestions, but I think it all comes down to what we choose to pursue and prioritise in our lives. First, we can choose to shape our lives around practices that will keep us close to God and enable the work of the Spirit to happen in us. We can choose to carve out time to pray, to worship, to read the Bible, to spend time in silence, listening to God and tuning in to His Spirit, to make those things a priority. Some of us may find that easier than others for all sorts of reasons. And we'll all have times in our lives when that feels more difficult. But we become like the people we spend time with. 
And the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we will grow into his likeness and the more we will want to become like him. Each time we practice one of these disciplines, and they are disciplines, we tap into the power of the Holy Spirit and we facilitate his work in our lives. What practice can we commit to this week that will help us keep in step with the Spirit? Second, we can choose to set our minds on the things of God. Paul says in his letter to the Romans, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And in Philippians he says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul knew the importance of what we choose to think about, to give airtime to in our minds, if you like. If we choose to direct our minds and our thoughts towards the things of God, then it's the things of God that will grow in us and pour out of us. This might be as simple as choosing to be grateful or to to notice the good when we're having a bad day. What steps can we take this week to help us align our thoughts and our minds with the Spirit? Finally, we can choose to spend our time and our energy on things that, things that will build positive habits. We can choose to prune off the habits that we know draw us away from God. This will look different for each of us, but it, it could, to take a, a fairly trivial example, mean choosing not to watch certain things on television or simply not allowing television to occupy too much of our leisure time. Or it could mean deciding each day that we're only going to say positive things about other people and not get drawn into negative talk. And we can choose to cultivate new habits, such as serving or helping others, or choosing to spend time with people who share our desire to to grow in faith. And as we do that, the Holy Spirit reshapes our minds and our hearts and makes us into people who love God and love others, and who exhibit more love, peace, joy and goodness and so on in our lives. Imagine how different our world might be today if more people were choosing this path. There's a saying that um, how you spend your days is how you spend your life. Those uh, daily decisions that seem insignificant, they're the decisions that over time build habits and make us into the people that we are. Through these daily actions, we either feed the, the sinful part of us and further entrench our slavery to it, or we sow to the spirit and it's the fruits of the Spirit that come to define who we truly are. Whichever set of desires we give into will shape the trajectory of our souls and our lives. But to circle back to where we started, this isn't something we do on our own. Jesus' transforming presence in us through his Spirit is key to this. So as we draw to a close, let's thank God that he loves us too much to leave us as we are, that he is committed to transforming us day by day, little by little, into people who more clearly bear his image. And let us commit 
or recommit ourselves today to partnering with God in this work by choosing to shape our lives around practices and habits that will keep us in step with the Spirit. It isn't easy and it isn't quick, but it is worth it if we want to live life in all its fullness and become the people that God has created us to be. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your transforming work inside each one of us who trusts in you. Help us to recommit ourselves to fully participate in this work of transformation and to choose to use the freedom we have to walk more closely with you.